The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here is your top five at five. Crypto crumbling, Bitcoin falling below 40,000. It's down nearly 40% in just four weeks. All this as China continues its crypto crackdown. Breaking news on former President Trump as the New York Attorney General joins a criminal investigation the Trump Organization. On Wall Street, stocks slumping yet again, but gold looking golden. Call it a major smile stone. As New York says, you can dump the masks beginning today. And no apologies or NFTs here as the auction world abuzz over one $14,000 sale linked to a legendary music icon. It is Wednesday, May 19th, and this is Worldwide Exchange. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome from wherever in the world you may be watching. I am Brian Sullivan. Thank you for joining us here on this busy day, and we have got a lot to do this hour, but we begin with a market that is not looking so hot right now. Futures, they are down big. In fact, they've been losing steam over the last 30 minutes or so. Dow futures off 205, NASDAQ futures off 156. On a percentage basis, the NASDAQ down almost twice as much as the Dow off 1.3%. NASDAQ futures really in the red right now. Something to watch. Also, we've been keeping an eye on oil. Now, oil is down right now, but overall, oil has actually been surging as of late. In fact, Brent crude, what they trade in Europe, went above 70 bucks yesterday before settling a little below that. We're at 67.72 now. WTI down 1.5%, but still well above where it was And there is a lot more pain in crypto, especially if you bought in the past month. You've got Bitcoin down big right now. In fact, it broke below 40,000. It's kind of bouncing back and forth in between that market, slightly above it right now. But remember, Bitcoin was at 64,900. It's down almost 25,000 from its highs of just over one month ago. Now, all that should not necessarily come as a surprise to you viewers. Because remember, Guggenheim partner Scott Minard's call right here on this show a few weeks ago about a big retracement likely coming. Given the the massive move we've had in Bitcoin over the short run, uh, things are are very frothy. And uh, I I think we're going to have to have a a major correction in Bitcoin. Uh, And I've said it before, I think we could pull back to, you know, 20 to 30,000 on Bitcoin, which would be you know, a 50% uh, decline. Remember, that was just a couple of days after Bitcoin nearly hit that $65,000 mark. And Scott's saying we could get a 20000 We're at forty now. Bitcoin bull is going to hate that call. If there's any bears out there, not probably not many, but if there are any out there, they certainly uh, might like it. Anyway, good call and much more on that. Certainly in crypto throughout the morning, all the major cryptos are down. But that is the fast-paced and kind of crazy world of crypto. Let's stay with stocks to start the show. 
Because while futures are weak, your next guest, today anyway, is really watching three companies, Analog Devices, Target, and Cisco, because he owns them all, and they're all out with earnings. Joining us now is Glenview Trust Company CIO Bill Stone. Bill, before we get to some of your individual ideas, talk to us about the overall markets. Been a little wobbly. Futures down big again. What do you think the main driver is of the recent weakness and the recent volatility? Yeah, so I think the recent weakness is one, you know, certainly a rotation within the market. So, you know, you had the obviously all of last year, the growth move. And then toward the end of last year, you moved to some value and then value is really taking the front seat. So, you know, that means technology is under pressure this year. Um, some of the other connected uh, areas. And I think even, you know, that probably spills over into some of the crypto as well uh, that you were talking about. So I think that's the change. And also, and, and connected, I think, is this kind of inflation scare we're in at the moment. So I think those two are really, and, you know, we've had a heck of a run. So add all those together and you got a volatile mixture. Do you think that crypto matters to the equity market, Bill? I don't know that it matters directly to the equity market, but I think it's it's just part of this, uh, you know, risk asset, uh, you know, part of the market. So I, I, if, if I, as I've looked at it, it tends to be very correlated with some of these growth areas in the technology space, um, not necessarily a diversifier. It's, it's really, at the moment anyway, it may mm. change, um, but at the moment, very connected with that area. Well, you hear these tales of people margining up some of their equity lines to buy Bitcoin and other cryptos as well. If it comes down, some of those things could change and stocks could fall. Either way, let's talk about some of these individual names because earnings have been spectacular. We referenced Target. We'll talk about retail a little bit later on with Stacey Widlitz. Cisco, what are you looking for today from some of the companies that you own? Yeah, so, I mean, I expect Target, because of the numbers we've gotten already out of some of the other retailers, to just post very strong earnings. Um, I, I think that's, you know, again, you, you combine the stimulus with, you know, some, you know, again, we had a setback at some of the job gains, but obviously very strong job gains off the bottom, uh, people being cooped up for so long. So, I, you know, that one I think is is pretty good in terms of locked in. I think in terms of the analog devices and Cisco, some of the same – you know, things I think about across there is, you know, how much supply chains might be disrupting them. Uh, Cisco in particular, uh, will we expect to see some more enterprise spending picking up here as the economy is picked up? So um, those are some of the things I'll look, be looking for under the surface. In general, with, with, with the Cisco systems and others, we've had some guests on recently, Bill, that have said they like the old school names. I mean, the names that we were talking about 20 years ago doing this, the names like a Cisco, you know, they're not going after the growth. They're going after the consistency of earnings, the reasonable valuation, the kind of steady state of their business. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Or is Cisco more of just a one-off? No, I mean, so part of it is Cisco and some of these older names are frankly cheaper than some of the other stuff. They're, they're clearly more, more um, you know, you're like you said, more consistent in their, in their uh, earnings. And also, they've tended at least some of them to be a little more cyclical really. Right. Um, so some of that's really, it's attractive now because again, Cisco living off of some enterprise spending should get a real boost. Bill Stone, Glenview Trust. Bill, a real pleasure to have you on the show this thank morning you. as always. Thank you very much. We'll chat with you. You're very welcome. We'll chat with you soon. 
All right, right now to the big breaking news of the morning outside of the equity markets. The New York Attorney General opening a criminal investigation into former President Trump's organization. NBC's Tracy Potts joins us now with more on this developing story. Tracy, good morning. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. To all eyes on New York and the attorney general, the state's investigation there of the Trump organization. This statement coming out overnight uh, from that or from that uh, that investigation led by Attorney General Letitia James, a spokesperson, uh, Fabian Levy, saying that they've informed the Trump organization that this is no longer purely civil. They are actively investigating in a criminal capacity, along with the Manhattan D.A., Cyrus Vance Jr. They have no more comment on that. The Manhattan D.A. has a separate probe uh, going on, looking into allegations that came out of Trump attorney Michael Cohen's testimony to Congress in 2019 that the organization incorrectly reported the value of some of its assets, that they were inflated so the Trump organization could get tax breaks, loans, insurance. That was the allegation. Executive Eric Trump was deposed over this back in October. Millions of pages uh, that prosecutors are pouring through, including some of the Trump tax returns. No comment yet from the Trump organization on this. Uh, the Trump Foundation, a different group, was dissolved back in 2018 after a year-long investigation of that organization. So it's breaking this morning, Brian, uh, as we await some reaction uh, from either the Trump organization or the former president himself. Big breaking news there on former President Trump, NBC's Tracy Potts in D.C. Tracy, good morning and thank you for that. All right, we come back. It is back to business and much more on the crypto crash and China's latest crackdown on the sector. We'll get a live report from Yunishun in Beijing, plus retail on alert after Walmart and Home Depot's big beats can target TJ Maxx do the same. Stacey Woodlands is here to weigh in. And later, the Big Apple is back. The city reopening and the mask can come off as of today. But how will the legendary Metropolitan Museum of Art handle some of the new and often confusing guidelines out of the CDC? We will ask the head ahead. Stick around. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Summer. The best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Welcome back. Could be another rough day for stocks. We are seeing a major move down in the futures market. In fact, NASDAQ futures are off more than 1%, 143 points. That's 1.2%. Dow futures down numerically a lot. That's just over one half a percent. But still, watch big technology. Could be another rough day there. Some of your early down movers in the pre-market, Intel, Boeing, Apple, Chevron, 
They are all down 1% or more. Again, watch big tech futures deeply in the red right now. What well, is not just stocks? It has been a tough few weeks for crypto investors, particularly those who bought in the last month. You've got Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and other big names all slammed and all now down big again right now. In fact, Bitcoin is at 40,450. It was earlier below 40,000. We are seeing Ethereum down 12% as well. All this as China steps up its warning to its financial institutions and payment providers over their use of any kind of crypto. Yunishun joining us now live from Beijing with a lot more on their crypto crackdown. Yunus. Thanks so much, Brian. Well, China's central bank reiterated its guidelines for digital tokens in a move that was seen here as a warning by Beijing to cool it when it comes to cryptocurrency trading. Uh, the central bank, along with three financial um, financial associations, industry associations, um, targeted financial ish, uh, institutions and payment service providers with these directives, reminding them to offer no crypto services. So this would be currency exchange as well as trading. No related offers. So that means financial products, insurance, for example, um, as well as derivatives trading, and then to step up monitoring of money flows. Uh, That statement was also uh, stressing to anyone trading crypto that cryptocurrencies are, quote, not supported by real value and not protected by Chinese law. So trading cryptocurrencies exists in a gray area here in China. Um, For a couple of years now, the government has been putting more and more restrictions on companies, for example, banning cryptocurrency exchanges, which eventually all moved offshore. Uh, But for regular people, it's not illegal to own cryptocurrencies. So if you use a couple of workarounds, such as a VPN, uh, you can actually trade these cryptocurrencies uh, um, uh, from China. Uh, So Some of the popular sites are Huobi, Binance, OKX, and MCX. And Brian, I think one thing, though, that's interesting is that Alipay and WeChat, as well as bank accounts, are all still supported uh, by these exchanges and supporting these exchanges. So um, that, you know, we looked at we looked at um, what was going on today. No changes. And I think that really is kind of a sign that Beijing is sending a warning yeah. as opposed to uh, really cracking down on the cryptocurrency uh, trading as of now, anyway. All right, I got a two-part follow-up for you, Eunice. Uh, number one, we've got kind of a crypto mania <laughs> going on here right now. How popular are the cryptocurrencies in China? And also, why now? Why, why now is the government starting to crack down? What, what if anything, changed? Well, I think it's all that's that's actually, um, you know, the answer is pretty much the same. And that is that, uh, like you said, it's so excited. There's so much excitement right now about cryptocurrencies overseas. And that's really spilled over here. And I think the problem is that just in the past several weeks, we've been hearing more and more about uh, people starting to use other gray channels, which exist here to get money out of the country in order to buy Dogecoin, for example. And, um, you know, there was one tech executive who said, you know, it's you know, it's a bad sign uh, when your street hawker is starting to ask how to buy Dogecoin. So that that's a signal that perhaps Beijing is going to want to clamp down because the last thing Beijing really wants is to have uncontrolled money flows. 
And in fact, the statement that the authorities had uh, put out yesterday said that that's another reason why uh, they want to reiterate these guidelines because of the potential disorder it could create um, in the financial system. I got it. We are showing some of these prices, whether it's that news out of China, whether it's just a bubble, whether it's technicals, either way, the cryptos are in a bad way this morning. Eunice Yoon, it's always great to see you, my friend. Thank you very much for joining us. All right, on deck. How crypto's recent crash also hurting the fortunes of what used to be the world's second richest person, Elon Musk, plus President Biden accidentally leaking details of Ford's new EV pickup to the press. Don't do that. Your top trending stories are next. Today's big number, 64%. That's how many millennials said they have regrets about buying their current home, according to a study by Bankrate. That's compared to only a third of baby boomers who reported the same. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Fast cars, billionaires, and big ships. All of our favorite topics, by the way. Bertha Coombs has that in today's top trending stories. I like the entire mix so far, Bertha. (laughs) Good morning, Brian. But make that fast. Trucks. President Biden getting behind the wheel of Ford's new electric pickup. The president made an unscheduled stop to a Ford driving course where he tested out Ford's upcoming all-electric F-150 Lightning. President revealing that he thinks he sped from zero to 60 in about 4.4 seconds. He liked it, he says, a stat that he wasn't supposed to share because Ford is not having its unveiling event until 9.30 tonight. Drive-by was part of a visit to the Ford Motor Plant where the president highlighted the need to invest in electric vehicles. I guess he liked it. And in other electric car news, yes, small violin, pull them out. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has lost his ranking as the world's second richest man now. The billionaire now has a fortune of only $160.6 billion. That's down 24% from January. LVMH chairman Bernard Arnault now holds that second place spot behind Jeff Bezos. And if you'd wanted to know what life was like on the Titanic, you could soon have the chance. A life-size 882 replica of the Titanic is being built in China as part of a theme park. Guests will be able to spend the night aboard the ship, which will never set sail, Brian, which means presumably it will never sink. That's kind of cool. I mean, if they do the whole historical thing as well, right? It's kind of like you get to go back in time. I could be Leonardo. We could go down the staircase, play say, poker in third But it's that moment class. at the bow of the ship. <laughs> the bow of the ship I'm is too the big. thing. I actually With the might supposed flip the ship uh, Picassos that she just happened to have. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. As a kid... I went on the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. Obviously not the same, but kind of cool, right? You get to see everything was just different. That's, I don't know. How would you like to be Ford's PR person right now? Eh, 
you know what? Best PR they could probably not buy, right? You know what? That is great publicity. That is great publicity. Come on, you couldn't buy that. That's that's better than than advertising. The president lets leak that it has essentially insane yeah. mode. That's and I don't think we ran good. the audio, but I, I, I believe I believe the president's quote was, "This sucker is quick." I don't know if we ran that or not, but I think that's yeah. actually what the president said. Electric cars are quick. There's no turbo <laughs> lag or combustion lag. Bertha Coombs, we'll see in a few minutes. Thank you very much. All right, up next, we talked Target earlier. And coming up, why Stacey Whitlett sees a $30 upside to Target ahead on the back of its latest results. And why she's turning sour on a former top pick falling out of retail love. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. We appreciate it. Dow futures down 130. NASDAQ futures down more than 100 as well. Bitcoin at 40,000. Big day. We're back after this. Get a strong cup of coffee and get ready because stocks look like they could sink today. Futures, they are deeply in the red as inflation fears continue to bubble up. It's not just stocks. Crypto on the rocks. As Bitcoin bombs back below 40,000, as China ramps up its crackdown. And your morning RBI, why smelling like teen spirit may smell a lot like a bubble. So come as you are. It is Wednesday, May 19th, and this is Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. All right, welcome back and good morning, everybody. I am Brian Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us. And it's going to be a wild Wednesday as well because... Look at the futures markets, and if you don't like red, if you're not prone to the color red, yeah, you may want to turn away or get another cup of coffee because it is not pretty out there right now, particularly in technology. NASDAQ futures down 135. That's more than a 1% drop for technology. NASDAQ or Dow futures off about six-tenths of 1%, numerically a little more, but on a percentage basis, not quite as much. If you wanted to find a little silver lining, NASDAQ futures were down slightly more still. Another day to watch big cap technology this rotation, selling the big names in tech, buying some of the deep cyclicals and deep value stocks, or buying cryptos, or maybe just putting the cash in the bank account and waiting for a better opportunity. Either way, we are seeing a lot of red there. Keep an eye on oil. Now, oil is like everything right now. It is down, but it's actually been surging lately. In fact, Brent crude, with a trade in Europe, went above 70 bucks a barrel yesterday for a brief moment. It's back below that right now, but WTI crude at 64.60. And check this out. Talk about what's old is new again. Gold. Have you been paying attention? Gold is quietly booming. In fact, gold is outperforming Bitcoin over the past three months. Gold's up 9% this quarter. It is near its highest level since January. Bitcoin is down, yeah, over a long time. I know Bitcoin's absolutely crushed it. But in the last 90 days or so, gold has done pretty well. Maybe gold is the new gold. Silver, also getting a pop as well. Silver, an inflation trade. See, you see a trend here? At its highest level since February. Right now, silver a little bit down with the market, but overall, a nice run off the April lows. And speaking of Bitcoin and the fast-moving world of cryptos, Bitcoin right now taking another big leg down. It's off 3000 bucks a coin, just over 40000 It was briefly below 40000 earlier this morning in the overnight trade as well. You got Ethereum down 12%. China taking new steps to crack down on cryptos. We'll get more on cryptos, I'm sure, all day here on CNBC, but the entire spectrum. Look at that. 
Bitcoin down 7%, Ripple, Ethereum down 13%. That's a tough move there. And if you remember, on this program just about a month ago, Guggenheim partner Scott Minard, his call saying he thought Bitcoin could fall as low as 20000 bucks in a big retracement. Unfortunately for the bulls, that call is looking pretty prescient. A good call there. Something either way to watch as all the cryptos get hit right now. All right. Part of the reason that growing crackdown out of China overnight. We are also following breaking news involving former President Trump and his business ties. Bertha Coombs is back with details on both of those headlines. Bertha. Brian, let's start with the former president. The New York Attorney General's office announcing late last night it has formally opened a criminal probe into the Trump organization. The AG's office, which had previously launched a civil probe, says it is now working alongside the Manhattan District Attorney's office on the criminal investigation. NBC News has previously reported that the probe into the Trump organization is focused on whether it had inflated the value of its assets for the purposes of tax breaks and access to loans. A representative from the Trump organization has yet to respond to a request for comment from NBC News. Turning to China's continued crackdown on cryptos, officials from the country's banking and internet industry associations issuing a joint statement saying financial and payment firms should not accept cryptos as payment or office services and products related to them. This comes as the People's Bank of China also issuing a statement on its WeChat account reiterating digital tokens cannot be used as a form of payment. This marks the latest attempt by China to move against cryptos after shutting down its local exchange in 2017 and in 2019 blocking access to all domestic and foreign crypto exchanges and also comes as Beijing tests its own central bank digital currency, which may be part of the reason, Brian. I'm sure it's kind of a confluence of things, the big China headlines. You've got just maybe the market needed to take a bit of a breather as well. Everything can't go up every day, or at least it had been, but I I guess it can't forever, and we'll see if the buyers come back in at these prices. Bertha, thank you very much. Well, the American shopper, isn't back. The American shopper never left, but the American shopper has been saving lots of cash the last few months. It is now starting to go on a spending spree. Recent retail earnings have been tremendous. Macy's blowing away figures and raising guidance. Home Depot posting a same-store sales jump of 31%, and many other retailers also boomed in the first quarter. But as we all get back out there, how will spending change? We've got Target earnings on tap. Let's talk about all of it with Stacey Widlitz of SW Retail Advisors. First up, Stacey, what do you expect from Target and TJ Maxx? Yeah, so the numbers have been tremendous so far. Um, and certainly Target, which is gaining market share across the board, particularly in discretionary categories, um, looking for mid to high double-digit comps here from Target, looking for continued gross margin expansion. Remember, they're fulfilling most of their digital orders from the stores now, which is hugely margin accretive. You know, you can drive up to Target now and get stuff delivered to your trunk. Um, Over half of their digital is same-day orders now. So they are absolutely gaining market share. And don't forget, while we're all focusing on digital and who's doing it right, Target remodeled most of their stores pre-COVID. So as the consumer gets back in there, that's a store that actually has a decent shopping experience. 
I'm confused, though, Stacey. I get the whole let's buy it online, drive up, they throw it in the car. How could that be good for margins? That seems expensive. You got people that need to bring you the stuff. They're also missing out on all the impulse buys that you go in for three things, you leave with 12. I am confused, not just with Target, but the whole model. How does that work? Yeah, so it, it does seem confusing, but I think when basically you're removing your shipping costs. So you're getting the customer to come to the store and pick up their uh. own stuff and you're calling it digital. So that's that's higher margin. And yes, of course, some uh, of that. So the competition. Stuff, got it. The competition is not the in-store shopper you're saying the competition, if you want to use that word, is the digital shopper buying it only online. That's where I was wondering, like, if I go in the store, I guarantee you I'm coming out with like five or six things, generally a bag of jelly beans at the minimum that I did not plan to go in with. All right. Exactly. Overall, Stacy, I heard I heard our friend Courtney Reagan uh, yesterday, our retail star, talking about how people were buying things like teeth whitening kits and new shoes, literally like ready to get back out there. Right. What kinds of trends are going to win in the next few months? Sure. I mean, you know, Macy's was talking about one of their bestsellers being luggage, right? So everybody's ready to get out there and hit the road. So you're certainly seeing this bounce back in the concept of, hey, I want to travel. When can I? Um, So you're seeing dress up clothes come back. You're seeing apparel, you're seeing shoes. But I would also say that, you know, don't throw the, the pandemic trends under the bus here because you're also hearing, and you heard last quarter from Target and you heard from Macy's, that home and all those COVID categories we talked about are as good, if not accelerating. So the trends are really, the strength is across the board. Are you surprised by, I mean, we knew the numbers would be good, but a 31% sales jump at Home Depot, I get it. We all want to fix up our home. That is a gigantic number. The numbers haven't, Stacy, even been close They've been blowout, and yet many of the stocks are not responding because did we buy on the rumor nine months ago? Well, that's exactly the key here. And yes, I mean, Home Depot's numbers, their big ticket over $1,000, the comp was up 50%. I mean, this is a $130 billion company growing at a third. These are outstanding. These are just incomprehensible numbers here. So- no, I don't think anybody expected this. But again, you you hit it on the head here is that look at what the stocks are doing now because we're at peak operating margins. Can comps get better? There's been a ton of inflation, lumber inflation, Walmart yeah. called out drug brand inflation, handbag inflation. So everything is lined up perfectly right now with margins, with low discounts. So the, the investors, the stocks are saying, hmm, what's next? Yeah. Is this sustainable? Well, I, I, we got to go, but I saw a chart. I think it was from Schwab's Lizanne Saunders a couple of days ago that for the first time like ever, sales and retail are above inventories. They finally, supply chain problems, shopping, cleaned out. All that stuff, they got a discount. Stacey Whitlitz, handbag inflation. <laughs> COVID was the ultimate clean out for inventories. I mean, that's and that's where we are. We're as clean as we've ever been. But, you know, as we look into next year, Hopefully, retailers can yeah. keep their inventories tight. We'll see. I went to I went to get propane for a grill. I the guy was out of propane, no drivers. He said, "Well, do you have a grill?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "It's a good thing we don't have grills either." 
because they couldn't get them from the Weber or the Ace Hardware distributorship. Supply chain could be the big next story. Stacey Widlitz, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. And do not miss this. Target Chairman and CEO Brian Cornell in an exclusive interview coming up on Squawk Box, 7.15 a.m. Eastern Time. All right, coming up, call it a major smile stone in the Big Apple's bounce back. The head of the legendary Metropolitan Museum of Art is here to lay out what the new CDC guidelines mean for its legendary halls and why there's a giant big bluebird, big bird, riding a moon on the Met's roof. Hmm. But as we head to break, some of your other top stories on this Wednesday, Amazon says it is extending its ban on police using its facial recognition software until further notice. The company, which initially made the move for one year last June, has faced continued calls from activists who wanted the software ban to be permanent. Raytheon Technology says it plans to cut its office space footprint by 25% as it embraces a hybrid work model. Speaking with our own Jim Cramer last night, CEO Greg Hayes said the pandemic has shown the company can prove it can be productive in varying work environments and that flexibility is now absolutely essential. And Squarespace will begin trading on the NYSE today under the ticker SQSP. And the NYSE setting a reference price of 50 bucks a share for that company's direct listing. Dow futures off 156, NASDAQ futures off more than 1%. And we're back right after this. Could be a rough day for stocks. Futures, they are down big right now. You've got NASDAQ futures down about as much nominally as Dow futures. That is a more than 1% drop indicated for big tech. Dow and S&P down, but not quite as much. You're going to have to watch some big names you know. Tesla, Peloton, Micron. Some of these names are down 1.5% or 2% right now in the pre-market. Going to be a big day certainly here for stocks. Stay tuned all day right here on CNBC. All right, it is time now for... Today's three big money movers. Now, normally, this is three single stock stories, but this morning, it's a much bigger day than that. So we're going to broaden it out just a bit. First up is the home builders, all of them. The sector continues to come under pressure. The Dow Jones and S&B home building indexes, the ITB and XHB, for those of you counting at home, are on pace for their worst monthly decline since October. Names like Lennar, DR Horton, Pulte, down 5 to 8% this month. Next up, Chinese internet stocks. Again, all of them. It's been a volatile year. The government cracking down on high flyers and tech giants. Check out the Crane Shares, China Internet ETF, or the K-Web, as it's thankfully known. It's on track for its third straight monthly decline, the longest losing streak since the early months of the U.S.-China trade war back in 2018. And finally, Take-Two Interactive, the video game maker's fourth quarter results beating forecasts as revenue jumped 10%. All right, well, today is a big day for New York City. A new day, really, because for the first time in more than a year, you do not need to walk around wearing a mask, unless, of course, you are asked to or ordered to by any business that you go into. New York City easing most of its coronavirus restrictions today, including that mask mandate. It's also easing capacity restrictions for restaurants, For retailers and museums, they will all be lifted after a year of closures, restrictions, masking, and social distancing. Much of that will also be lifted unless, again, the organization does not lift it for vaccinated people. 
And private businesses, of course, can still make their own decision as to whether to require masks. If it seems confusing, it kind of is. But let's talk about it more in a happy light with Dan Weiss, president and CEO of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which had to close, unbelievably close in March of 2020, before gradually reopening in August and every New York City dweller. And the, and the tourists, Dan, that are coming back are certainly glad that you guys are back. As somebody running one of the most popular museums in the world, you're looking at the CDC guidelines, you're looking at New York. I hate to bug you with this. How do you interpret them? What kind of rules will still be in, in force in your legendary halls? Well, first of all, thanks for having me this morning. It's good to be with you. We're really delighted, of course, that things are opening up and that the uh, the community can increasingly participate in life as they used to know it prior to COVID. For us, and, and we're open and people can come, uh, because we are such a large museum, the capacity constraints that have been set by the government are not an issue for us because we're, the building is so large, we can take tens of thousands of people a day and it's really not going to get in the way of social distancing. Masking is more complicated. And this is because, so as you say, today in New York, people who are vaccinated no longer need to wear masks. But at the museum, and I think at most museums in New York, people will still be required to wear masks inside the building. And we do that for two reasons. First of all, because we are not screening people for vaccine on the way in. We're not asking our thousands of visitors. We're asking them to prove that they have been vaccinated. So in order to protect those who are working there and others, everybody still needs to wear a mask. And there are, as we know, members of our society that are not yet eligible to get a vaccine, including children. So if they're in the building and they're not vaccinated for no good reason, that I'm mean, no fault of their own, there is no way for them to be protected without having everyone wear masks. So we're for now keeping with the masks for a while longer as we see what happens yeah. in the next few weeks. Well, you know, listen, and this whole mask thing has become this sort of insane, you know, debate on various things. It's not that big of a deal to walk around in a mask, to be honest with you, spend a couple hours in a museum. Do you foresee a time, though, Dan, when you're, you're going to be able to just pull it off? Maybe we'll just have a giant mask burning, you know, a ceremony. Probably not in the roof garden because you got a giant, big, big blue, big bird. I have trouble saying that from Alex DeCourt up there as well. But how do you see it playing out over the next couple of weeks and months? Well, we're all looking forward to taking masks off. Exactly. We won't burn them, but we'll take them off and we'll throw them in a big dumpster. Uh, I think my guess is that in the next few weeks, we are going to continue to see a rapid decline in the infection rates in New York. Because right now, the infection rates are under 1%, which is what they have. They haven't been that in a very long time. So as that happens, and it's clear that it's really safe, and we see something like herd immunity, we'll let people take off their masks. I'm guessing it's another month, maybe two. And in the meantime, if people wear masks, they can all come to the museum, they can have the experience they want to have, and they can make sure other people are safe. That's all we're concerned with. Yeah, we're, we're looking at video, by the way, Dan, and, you know, the Temple of Dender, which is just unbelievable. It's one of the best places to just... If I, I just go and think, honestly, if you need to get away from all the New York hustle and muscle, I just used to love to walk around the Temple of Dender. I look forward to doing that again. But I'm going to try not to screw this up for the third time. Why is there a, a big blue, big bird sitting on a moon on your roof? I finally got it out. I did it. You did it beautifully. Because what we do with that roof program, every year we bring in an, a, a living artist and we ask them to create something 
visually interesting, arresting, challenging, fun, depending upon their particular inspiration. And Alex de Corte had the idea to produce an image that reflects uh, a certain kind of common cultural experience we all had with Big Bird and uh, the Muppets and all of, of what many people grew up with. And it is just juxtaposition of this big colorful bird sitting on top of the great Metropolitan Museum of Art, looking over the entire sweep of Central Park and beyond the park, Manhattan, is a really interesting and yeah. fun way of, of giving people something to, uh, to feel good about, including you. It is. It is something to feel good about. I haven't seen it in person. It looks beautiful on the website as well. Kind of a new day, kind of overlooking Central Park. The weather's getting better. Dan Weiss, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Look forward to seeing you in any of those uh, exhibits. Dan, thank you. Best to you and your staff and everybody. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. And maybe he could take all the masks, throw them in a dumpster. Somebody will take a picture and sell them as an NFT for a couple million dollars. Who knows? All right, on deck. Speaking of that, your morning RBI and a piece of one of the rock greatest icons hitting the auction block. No, it's not a heart-shaped box up for grabs. It has something to do with Nirvana, obviously, but it may not be what you think. We'll tell you, though. And a reminder, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Dow Futures now done more than 200. Wow. And remember, May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. All month long, we are spotlighting CNBC contributors, business leaders, and our own anchors, reporters, and friends. And here is Kindred Ventures founder, Steve Jang. Representation for the AAPI community is not just in business, but it's in government, it's in the media, it's in the arts. It's something that has to be 360 degrees and feel holistic. There's power in diversity. It's not just a virtue. It's a competitive advantage for America. We should lean into this, not only with the AAPI community, but with all communities of color. Selling anything seen as rare these days has been a nirvana of sorts with those with the goods. Giant mansions, digital art, baseball cards, sneakers, all having their moments in the sun recently. And then there's this, something else entirely. In 1989, Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain got a haircut in Birmingham, England. His friend who cut his hair kept six strands of it. That's it. In a Ziploc bag. That's it. Those bleached locks eventually found their way to a man who Claims he's got the largest collection of celebrity hair in the world. This is a real story, by the way. He put them up for sale, Cobain's hair, and they just sold for $14,000. Six strands of Kurt Cobain's hair, no doubt collected off the floor, thrown in a Ziploc, sold for fourteen grand. Although it also did come with that, a photograph of Kurt and his friend who cut his hair. Now, maybe this is the peak in the hair-raising race to buy anything. Well, maybe it's just an oddity that somebody really wanted, but consider this, if we can. The studio the band recorded its first album in cost them just $606 to rent and was paid for by the guy who wanted to be in Nirvana, but actually never made it, the lost fourth guitarist. The hair, just now, 2,200 times more expensive than the studio that set off their brief but amazing run. Oh, by the way, that first album called Bleach had a kind of a gruesome song called Floyd the Barber. Does that mean, oh, never mind. It's just random, but hopefully interesting. 
All right, back now to the markets and your money. Futures, they are down big. Dow futures off nearly 200. Joining us now, Huntington Private Bank Senior Wealth Strategist, Jill Garvey. Jill, welcome to the program. Wish we had you on on a better day. NASDAQ futures off 1.3%. Do you have clients starting to get a little bit nervous? Are they calling you up? What is your advice about what to do right now? Good morning, Brian. It's great to be with you. Of course, clients are nervous on days like this, but we've been coaching them that we're going to have sector rotations. We're going to have down days. We have a lot of clients who are business owners. We deal with business owners in the Midwest and the Great Lakes region, and they have cash sitting on the sidelines. So while today is not a good day when we see red for us, it's a buying opportunity. And our equity analysts are looking for opportunity to put our clients' money to work. But Brian, I want to bring to your attention that in addition to markets rotating and there being sector issues and inflation concerns, our clients are really focused on how could the potential tax increases, the largest as a percentage of GDP since the 1960s, how will that affect my wealth? How could that erode my wealth? And again, dealing with business owners who may be contemplating a sale, they're looking into this year to potentially lock in long-term capital gains rates and sell their businesses. And I would say the same for our clients who are investors in the market. Should they capture their gains this year and lock in the rates? Maybe that's it, right, Jill? I mean, if you've owned, you know, any of the FANG stocks or almost any big name tech stock for 5, 10, 15 years, and you believe higher taxes are coming, whatever that rate may be, it will be above where it is now. Maybe that's one reason we're seeing selling and maybe that's not a bad thing because that capital, that cash will will ultimately be deployed somewhere else. Exactly, Brian. And the advice that we like to give to our clients is if they're looking to purchase a property or make another investment, let the market pay for it. Take the gains. Now, again, we don't predominantly make decisions based on income taxes, but if the economics of the decision with the individual stock, if it makes sense, or the capital asset, absolutely, let's deploy the cash in a different way. Of course, for our borrowers with rates low and knowing that they could increase at some point in time in the future, borrowers, lock your rate in now. Yeah, lock it in. Now, what else should we be locking in, Jill? You're giving good tax advice here, whether it's selling a stock or selling a business, what's the best? Buy gold? We like gold. And in fact, we started putting positions of gold in our portfolios before the election. And then we added to it as recently as last month. We think it's a great store of value for investors. And we we really like it as a hedge against inflation. We've also been hedging inflation with global REITs and tips as well. Thank you. Jill Garvey, Like and Gold, Huntington Private Bank. Jill, great stuff. Good advice. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And by the way, speaking of wonderful days, happy birthday to our superstar executive producer, the hardest working person at CNBC, and I don't say that lightly, Ann Taroni. I know you're out there. I know you're watching. And I know you're going to be bleep off at me for saying it on the air. But I miss you. Happy birthday. Congratulations. Wish the futures were up a little more for you. You'll have a busy Squawk Box as well. Squawk is starting now. We'll see you tomorrow on Worldwide Exchange. Take care. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. 
Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.